Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. morning. <laughs> I am Cole Kelly, and that was my lovely wife. Uh, she still is. Still is, yes. <laughs> so there's no confusion about words. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm sure it's no surprise that uh, today is New Year's Eve, and what an appropriate scripture, right? Don't post about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring. <laughs> don't trail off yet, though. I, I promise it's not... Uh, it's not a downer, all right? <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, I am uh, thankful to be able to share this morning again. It's, it's, a, it's a good opportunity to honor God. Uh, so sharing, yeah, several years ago, uh, my family and I, we lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, the church that we were part of had, had a, a a routine, maybe an activity at the beginning of the service that I kind of enjoyed, and there was usually a, a multiple choice question up on the screen, and our pastor would ask, Pastor Allen, he'd, he'd uh, you know, ask the question up on the screen to see how many people, or you know, how people were feeling, or what, what, uh, what they had raised their hand for. Sometimes it was kind of quirky, just a funny thing, maybe it was a biblical knowledge question, a little bit of a test. But it was a simple way to get to know people a little better, right? Uh, you look around, you look at your neighbors, you see how they're answering. Uh, but there is one particular service that stands out in my mind, one that I actually remember. Like most of them, I don't, I don't remember the questions. But this one I, I, I do, uh, not word for word. Uh, but it was almost the new year. And the question was, how are you feeling about the new year? About, you know, what are you anticipating? How, what are you looking for? Uh, or how do you think it's going to be? And uh, the, the options were A, it was fantastic, you know, I can't wait, woohoo, best year ever. B was, yeah, it'll be fine, it's another year, another day. Uh, C, I'm not really looking forward to it. And then there was D, it's going to be terrible. It was a timely question to ask, right? With the new year coming, uh, there are practical things that we have to do, things that we're thinking about and considering, like hanging up a new calendar. Uh, it was noticed today that we have an old calendar now, 2023, for the youth group downstairs. But, yeah. <laughs> but we have to put up new calendars. Uh, there are uh, the paper ones if you still do that kind of thing. Uh, and my wife, she's really good about creating photo memory calendars for our relatives. So each year before the new year, they have to get their new calendar. Uh, and of course, we all know it's tax season. Some people maybe look at, uh, look forward to it. Woohoo, tax return season. Others of us are like, ooh, oh, tax season. Man, it's tax time. And of course, beyond the practical, uh, the turn of the year has a tendency to make us uh, pause and think. It feels like the closing of a chapter, maybe. Uh, 
but, but we have a tendency to reflect on what happened in the past year and put our memories in little boxes of maybe here, oh, this is a good memory. Here's one, yeah, whatever. That's the whatever box, indifferent. And then there's the, the bad box, right? We have different, different ways we categorize what happened. And maybe you know people who uh, faithfully mail the annual newsletter of all the things, the highlights of their journey of the last 365 days. Uh, and all that reflection drives us, uh, it drives how we look ahead to what might be. And I remember Pastor Allen asking, how many people say, hey, fantastic? You know, you know, as you might think, a bunch of hands shot up, you know, everyone, everyone's hands. It's a sea of, sea of people saying, yeah, fantastic. Uh, and maybe you're in this category today. Maybe uh, you're, you're looking with excitement. At, uh, toward a big event coming up, uh, a new job, new children, big vacation, graduation, whatever it might be, uh, you know, the things that you share with all your friends in anticipation of, of this, this event that's coming up. Uh, so you're excited about the new year. Or maybe uh, you know, the next one he says, how about B? And a few hands go up, right? B, okay, well, that's another day, another year. And if you're in, in this crowd, things are probably all right. Uh, you haven't really thought about it a whole lot, and you might just be preoccupied with what's happening now. That's fine. And then there's C. Eh, not really looking forward to it. And this this one, no hands went up really. There was a little chuckle, kind of a, a silence there. And uh, maybe there was a, a sigh of relief even. Not a whole lot of... Answers there, but you know, if you're if you're in this category, maybe you feel you've been having a bad day, you've been having a bad week, uh, something isn't going as planned, but just not not feeling not feeling it. And of course, D, right? It's going to be terrible. And for this, one lonely hand stuck out like a lantern in a dark forest. Uh, and I think the honesty was unexpected. There was there was a silence, kind of an uncomfortable silence, almost. It was clearly noticed, right? Uh, and the service went on as usual, and afterward the pastor asked me why I had answered that way. So it was me, right? I was, I was, I was that person. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we had spent the, the past couple of years before that dealing with a lot of heavy and difficult situations, the kinds that, that drain you physically and emotionally, uh, and I had no idea what was ahead. Not a clue. But whatever it was, I was certain it couldn't possibly be good. Unless something drastic changed. And thank God, uh, Alan wasn't only interested in knowing why I had answered the way I did. You know, he wasn't just curious, hey, why were you that one guy? Why did you do that? But what happened was God actually gave him a heart of compassion uh, to work with us through that difficult time, through that season. And maybe this is where you find yourself today. Maybe you're in that situation. Life has been painfully difficult for too long. And all you see is more trouble, right? It's, this is how it's been, and all I can see is this happening more. Uh, the loss of loved ones, terminal illness, huge financial burdens, uh, addictions that won't let go, strife in your marriage or with your children, uh, strife with your parents. 
And it's, it's times like these where we hear Jesus saying, you know, <laughs> these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace, in the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. It's in John 16, 33, if you're curious. Uh, but, we, but we can hear that, and all we think is, God, <laughs> that, that's me, I need that peace, where is it? I need it now. Wherever you find yourself on the spectrum of emotion, going into the new year, uh, the Bible has something to say about it. And interestingly, if we look at both extremes, uh, they have a common source. Forgetting about God. Whether we're on the side where uh, there's two options, like, like boasting, like the extremes, right? Where, where there's this boasting about tomorrow or there's a fear about tomorrow. Because uh, we've kind of forgotten about God. And I'd like to start on the side of, of the boasting about tomorrow. Uh, James four thirteen through 16 Say, come now, you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. This one's kind of right in line with that proverb of the day that was read earlier, uh, 27.1. You know, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And I'd like to talk about what, uh, the things that this is not saying first. Uh, it's not saying that literally you should start every sentence with, well, if the Lord wills, I will do such and such. If the Lord wills, I will wake up tomorrow morning and get ready for work. If the Lord wills, I'll make it to my job and, and uh, I will live. And uh, if the Lord wills, I will, uh, I will come home to my family and eat dinner and, and, and that. Absolutely, yeah. You know. <laughs> but, but it's not saying, hey, you better start every sentence, every, every sentence with that because uh, otherwise you're boasting. Right? And I've actually had... People correct me about that before. It was kind of an interesting situation, but you know, just a church speak tone of voice. Hey, you didn't say Lord willing. What? I mean, you, you just told me something you want to do, but you didn't say Lord willing. Oh, well, you know, I guarantee you God hasn't placed that burden on us. All right. Now, the scripture also isn't saying don't make any plans. That, that's not what this is saying, right? Plans are important to succeed. Right? It's something that we have to do to uh, reach goals. And I'm glad that uh, my wife is excellent at planning because this is not a strong suit for me. Like I can dream big. I can come up with ideas and things. But when it comes to planning, that's a detail my brain isn't quite wired for. I can do it if I really have to, but yeah, not, not my strong suit. <laughs> Uh, but what was James getting at, right? At reminding us that our life is a vapor and uh, we don't know what tomorrow will hold. He was speaking about a heart attitude, a posture toward God. He was speaking against an evil attitude that says, I'm the God of my fate and I will do as I please. Right? Here are the things that I'm going to do with my life and I'm going to whatever it might be. 
because I am the God of my fate. Now, he was speaking against forgetting who it is that causes our way to succeed or fail. He was speaking against planning our future without acknowledging that God is both on the throne and intimately involved in every aspect of our lives. He cares. And it's an encouragement and truth reminding us that God's plan stands first and forever. If we're honest, you know, sometimes it feels like the plans of the world uh, succeed when we see all kinds of evil happening. It looks like it sometimes, especially when we're directly affected by uh, wicked plans of others, things that have hurt us. And for a time, uh, evil plans do succeed. They do. Look at Psalm 81, verses 10 through 12. It says, I, the Lord, am your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice and Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart to walk by their own plans. For a while, their own plans will succeed, right? But the success is temporary. It won't remain forever. At Psalm 33, 10 and 11, the Lord nullifies the plan of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. So we contrast the temporary success of the world our own plans, which is actually failure, right? Um, contrast that to the promise of those whose plans are established in God's will. The plans made with the heart attitude that says, God reigns. And I want my plans to honor him and follow his ways. His plans are from generation to generation. That's a big contrast. Proverbs 16, 3 through 7, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By mercy and truth, atonement is made for wrongdoing. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. When a person's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he causes even his enemies to make peace with him. Which one would you rather have? Which one? Plans frustrated by God and punishment for wickedness uh, because we did it as Frank Sinatra says, my way, I did it my way. Right? Or... Would you rather have plans that are established and stable, uh, secure, enduring, blessed by God? Because we recognize his way is the only way worth pursuing. His way that causes even our enemies to make peace with us. Which one would you rather have? Sadly, for our world, this is not a rhetorical question. It's one that we must answer every single day. We have to answer it. We have to know where we stand. Choose. We stand for God or do we stand for our own ways, right? All right.
Let's look at the other end of the spectrum. Right? We're talking about the boasting. Uh, the other end of the spectrum is worry. And here, the forgetting about God isn't causing arrogance. It's not causing boasting. Uh, instead, it's the source of deep anxiety, deep worry. Right, that, was the, that was the D answer. God, I, I, I just, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like because the, the earlier, you know, these past two years have been terrible, so I guess it's, it's that, it. It causes that kind of anxiety. And for this, let's turn to Matthew 6, verses 24 through 25. Uh, and then I'll skip a few there, 31 through 34. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Down to 31. Do not worry then saying, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, There's a a common theme between uh, both the boastful heart attitude and the anxious heart attitude, and that both of them are overthinking the future. Overthinking tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble. Of its own. In both cases, uh, the person is serving the wrong master. And another way to say it is I guess they're enslaved by something that is contrary to God and His plan. The big difference with worry is that uh, it's, it's a debilitating fear of loss thinking that God isn't coming through. Where is God? Is he incapable? It's that fear uh, as opposed to an insatiable appetite for personal gain uh, because God isn't enough. Both are of evil origin. Both are wrong, right? Both are sin. And one of the insidious effects of the anxiety, of the worry, is how our judgment gets clouded. It prevents us from thinking straight. It leads to irrational decision-making and uh, destructive behaviors and and falling further into sin, right? All all those things uh, as a result of the anxiety uh, think about payday loan cash centers, right? They make bank on this. Right? You're worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow, so run to the payday loan center and then cycle, 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 right? You're in debt, and they are making bank on that anxiety. Fears out of the anxiety destroy relationships when they're allowed to run amok in our minds. 
It pulls us away from God, and it pushes prayer to the bottom of our to-do list, if it's even there. And the reality is prayer ought to be the first line of defense. That's the first thing that needs to happen. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, do not be anxious about about anything. But in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Pray. Plead with thanksgiving and let God know your struggle. Pray. Pray. Obviously, he already knows what we're going through. So the praying isn't, isn't suddenly saying, hey, God, you, I think you missed something here, right? God knows, but there's something magnificent about speaking with him. There's a freedom that comes in connecting our voice with our faith that he is real. And it opens a door to our minds coming into submission to his plan. It gets us in line with God and his will and his plan and his thinking, his provision, uh, his reality, so we can think on what is true and honorable and right and pure and excellent, all these things that we ought to think on. And how about this one, James five thirteen through 15. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. This brings community prayer into the mix, right? Don't pray just on your own. You have a community a family of believers who love you and care for you and want to pray for you. Right? Is anyone among you sick? Call for the elders to pray over them. We're not called to go it alone. And how about 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 16, 16 through 18? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Common theme there, pray with thanksgiving. (laughs) Especially when it's hard, right? When things aren't going right, praying with thanksgiving is hard, but it's a powerful tool, powerful weapon, powerful way to break through that anxiety and see the heart of God. It should not only be Uh, the first thing we do. Prayer isn't a one-time thing. It's how we need to live. Pray without ceasing. Through prayer, we stay connected with God, and we're strengthened, 
and encouraged as we strive to live out his plan. In constant prayer, we see his unwavering provision and love for us. In constant prayer, anxiety has no room to invade our minds. Don't give it a place. So where do you stand today? Think about that. Are you burdened by all the things you can't control? Uh, All the plans that have gone wrong? Have you placed God in the background trying to pave your own future? Maybe you're keenly aware of God's hand in your life and seeking his kingdom. Maybe you're in that spot. We all go through a full gamut of emotions and circumstances and trials. We all have hopes and dreams and disappointments and celebrations. Right? But wherever you are today, uh, is Jesus Christ your hope? Arrogant boasting and anxious fears both lead to destruction. Both come to a terrible end, but the good news of God making a plan for redemption, uh, sending Christ to take on flesh and walk the earth, go to the cross, die and be raised again, defeating death once and for all through his resurrection. Amen. That's the remedy for both, right? If you have anxiety or or if you're on the end of the boasting, wherever you are, Christ is the remedy. He said, I have come that they may might have life and have it abundantly. So resolve in your heart today to follow our Lord and his steadfast, enduring plan. His plan for life. That plan found in Matthew 16 Verses 24 and 25, uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. As followers of Jesus, our call is to die to our sin and selfishness, and follow Jesus. Pick up your cross and walk in the footsteps of Jesus. That's a challenge for you in this new year. And that's the reason we celebrate communion every week, to remind ourselves what Christ has done in order to forgive us, to forgive our sin, and bring us to new life. But also to remind us that we are now to do likewise, die to ourselves. The amazing truth of the gospel is that through this death, we find true life, abundant life, eternal life. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.